It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. And happy Memorial Day weekend. It's Charlie Potter, your host on the Great Outdoors show here on WGN Radio. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you enjoy the show. And most of all, I hope that you're having a fabulous kickoff to summer wherever you might be listening. Certainly, thank goodness, we can do a lot of things we couldn't do last year, but we still can't go to Canada. And that is, I know that grates on a lot of you listening who love to go to Canada to fish in the summer, who own cottages. It's uh, it's a shame, but we're not going to talk about that this morning. We're going to launch summer by talking about something actually that happened this winter and then moving forward. Um, I know all of you, and I say that, of course, with, with uh, all uh, facetiousness, um, read the Federal Register carefully. So back in February, uh, February 22nd, to be precise, the Federal Register published the new proposed regulations for waterfowl hunting. Uh, this is something that the government does every year. And of course, uh, like one, one one thousandth of the population might actually read this thing, if it's even that many. And buried, buried in the Federal Register was a line that said that the, uh, Fish and Wildlife Service agrees with the with the Mississippi Flyways recommendations that the Canada goose limit be lifted from three Canada geese a day till five. Um, I was just made aware of this the other day because, like I'm sure all of you, I don't read the Federal Register every day, and it to me flies in the face what the Fish and Wildlife Service is offering to do flies in the face of everything that we as hunters and conservationists stand for. And before I go any further, I, of course, have to point out that there was not a waterfowl breeding survey last year for the first time since 1955, nor is there one this year. So two years running, we basically are operating without any data as to the establishment of waterfowl seasons. And yet the Fish and Wildlife Service decides this is a good time to increase the daily limit of Canada geese from three to five. So why am I focusing on this this morning? Because I think it shows just how badly out of touch the bureaucrats are who sit behind computers in Washington, D.C. from those of us who go out and actually enjoy the sport of goose hunting or waterfowl hunting in general, but this time we're talking about geese. I doubt any of them have sat down and plucked a Canada goose, much less three that you shot that day, or even possibly five. Canada goose is next to a turkey, the biggest bird probably we're going to shoot, and um, they are uh, not easy to get rid of. A lot of people don't like to eat geese. They are very hard to clean. And so by saying to hunters, um, 
when I grew up and all, many of you grew up, well, first of all, a long time ago, the Canada goose season was closed. And then we went to one Canada goose and then we went to two Canada geese. And I spent most of my life in Illinois hunting when there were two Canada geese was the limit and hauling two Canada geese out of a blind uh, took two hands. Um, Now you're supposed to carry five out. I don't know a goose hunter. And if there is a goose hunter listening who wants to, to say, I think we should shoot five Canada geese a day, please, please send me an email. And I will be happy to listen to your rationale. The commercial guide services don't want five a day because by shooting five Canada geese a day, their customers aren't going to get out of the blind when they've shot three. In fact, the the commercial goose hunters organization of Illinois and elsewhere in the Mississippi Flyway were opposed to raising it from two to three for obvious reasons. Now they want to go from three to five. And if you're a goose hunter, you know, hunting on private land or hunting on state property somewhere, five Canada geese, what are you going to do with them? If you ate five Canada geese in a year, that's probably a lot. Now they're saying you can shoot five a day. What if you go on a week's hunting trip, you're going to come back with 30 Canada geese? I don't think so. I think this goes to show just how how the Fish and Wildlife Service is is so at times, not always, but at times is so out of touch with what sportsmen and women actually want to do. The population doesn't, yes, the population of local geese across, gosh, across America has exploded, but those geese live in parking lots, uh, grocery parking lots, store parking lots. They live in Walmart parking lots. They nest on top of buildings. Um, they're not, <laughs> they're not easy to hunt. and. Um, the migratory Canada geese, which have been ever shortening their their migration due to the availability of food and water and and at times a lack of snow, that's primarily what we're hunting. So the Fish and Wildlife Service, I think, is sending the wrong message. The message is we have falling, plummeting numbers of waterfowl hunters. And it's not because we can't shoot enough things. Let's try to think about what makes a waterfowl hunter any kind of hunter. And if you're not a hunter, you'll still understand what I'm about to say. Every survey that's been done shows that the number one thing that a hunter, unfortunately, measures their success by is did they shoot a limit. Very few hunters will go out and if if the limit for mallard ducks is four and they shot two, will say, we had a great hunt. Yet when the limit for mallard ducks not that long ago was two, and they shot two, they said, we had a great hunt. It's all about expectations. If you go deer hunting and you don't shoot a deer, the surveys show your likelihood of saying it was a great hunt are far less than if you say uh, it was not. So satisfaction among fishermen, anglers, Sportsmen and women is basically tied to, unfortunately, this notion we have to catch or shoot a limit to have had a high-quality experience. And that's every survey points that out. So the Fish and Wildlife Service has just now made it harder, or they're proposing to make it harder for people to have a high-quality experience. Because now when you shoot three Canada geese, you're in a great mood. You've shot your limit. You feel great. Oh, no. Next year, it's going to be five. So when you're sitting there with three, well, I haven't shot my limit yet. 
So there are all kinds of 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 of, 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 of psychology. Psychology. I can't say the word this hour in the morning. Psychological reasons that need to be considered in the establishment of fishing and hunting regulations. It goes way beyond what the population might allow. It goes a lot to do with the sociology of how hunters and anglers approach their sport. And and the Fish and Wildlife Service seems to be oblivious to that. The Mississippi Flyway Council, which made this recommendation, seems to be oblivious to that. If something is working, don't try to fix it. A lot of goose hunters I know still wish the limit on Canada geese was two a day, not three. It puts undue pressure on the birds. You stay out that much longer. All those elements of hunting are changed when you increase the, pop, the, 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 the daily limit. And now we're going to go to five, supposedly. And we're going to go to five without having flown any surveys on the Arctic where the geese nest to figure out if they're having success or not. So I'm not sure what's going on with the Fish and Wildlife Service, but I would offer that this is a really bad idea. It's not supported by by sportsmen and women who form the backbone of, of, of goose hunting, and they ought to just simply say, you know, we have something that's working. Let's not let's not go and try to expand the limits and and in doing so Frankly, we also could have an impact on, on goose behavior, which, as we found out with the Atlantic Flyway, when there was an overharvest of geese, guess what? The hunting went in the tank really fast. So hopefully the Fish and Wildlife Service will not do this. The Mississippi Flyway Council, I think, is, is not taking into consideration all of the elements that go into setting uh, bag limits, and hopefully this does not take place. That's what, at least that's my feeling. If you feel otherwise, please let me know. I know an awful lot of you listening, and even those who may not be listening that I hunt with and know, you don't support this at all. Let's see what happens. I'll be back in just a moment, and when I come back, I'm going to talk about the ammunition shortage. Southwick has just come out with an analysis that, uh, well, we knew there's a shortage. Maybe now we understand more of why. Uh, and also, if I have a chance before we run out of, of time, uh, I want to talk for a moment about a budding, fabulous concept bringing back the Civilian Conservation Corps. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and first a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. 
Welcome back to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. Thank you for being with me on this Memorial Day weekend. And yes, I, uh, as you probably listened to the first segment of the show, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really, really headed in the wrong direction, what's being proposed by the Fish and Wildlife Service regarding Canada geese. We're going to move on from that because I promised you I would talk to you about what Southwick Associates has put together. Harry Luft a couple of weeks ago talked very well about why we have a shortage of ammunition. Southwick dives into it a little bit differently. And of course, whether you're trying to buy a car, a computer chip, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If a part breaks in a tractor or or a heavy piece of equipment, all this idea of just-in-time delivery, well, just-in-time doesn't work when it when they don't have it just-in-time to send it to you. So our entire supply chains around the world have have really taken a hit because of COVID and the disruptions. As we know, the firearms industry is is not immune to that. But we have something else going on. We have a lot of hoarding going on with, with ammunition because there's a fair amount of fear that the Biden administration is going to make it much more difficult to try to, to to purchase ammunition. So people are buying whatever ammunition shows up. The supply chains are are, are in, in a bad shape. And it's probably 18 months or so before we get back to um, to some kind of what was the old normal. But to give you an example, uh, a box of uh, clay target shells, five bucks. They've been that way. You go to Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's or you buy them online, you go to Max Pro, go to Max Sporting Wings, five, six bucks is what you're going to pay for a box of fake of clay target loads. Uh, I was offered a box the other day, $30, $3 a box. It's more than a dollar a shell to shoot, to go and shoot some ski. I said, no, thanks. So the prices are, are absolutely nuts. Uh, 17 cali- caliber HMR, which are used for shooting rock chucks and gophers and, and small varmints, very, very popular, perhaps next to a 22, probably the most popular small uh, sh- uh, bullet. Uh, you can't find them. And when you can find them, they're now $80, 80 cents a bullet. That was 15 cents a bullet last summer, 80 cents. You burn a lot of ammunition when you're trying to, to shoot rock chucks and, and ground squirrels and things that are carrying up crops. Um, and so it's just, it's completely out of whack and the prices have gone crazy. But what, what, uh, Southwick says is that because of the uncertainty of future ammunition supplies, there is a lot of hoarding going on when they show up. A retailer will get a pallet of shells on Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And because of social media by, by noon, they're sold out. People just cut the same customers coming in to stockpile the same shells. So that's a huge problem. Also, we have seen a 25% increase in shooting activity as a result of COVID. We know that firearm sales last year went up about 49% and hunting activity went up about 15%. The combined total is that when you take the number of shells actually, they believe, shot last year, 26% is the number they came up with in increased activity. Well, you've got a 26% increase in activity with a large decrease in supply. Ergo, we have a real shortage. And the president of Southwick, Rob Southwick, who I happen to know well and like and respect, 
Uh, he says that, that we're not going to see any kind of demand softening in the near future. People are spending more time at clay target range. Hunting appears to be up a little bit, and there's uncertainty about firearms restrictions. So we, um, we're going to be in this for, for quite a while. So if you are trying to buy ammunition, I suggest you put your order in now. And if you have ammunition, please do all the rest of us a favor. Please stop hoarding it. This is not a toilet paper situation where, you know, it's actually it is. This is that you, we could, the analogy to, to toilet paper is there. A year ago, you couldn't find any toilet paper. Now you can't find any shotgun shells. A big part of the toilet paper problem was hoarding. If individuals just went back to their normal purchasing practices of ammunition, the supply chain would ease up a little bit. So unless you want to be the only person that has ammunition, how about spreading the wealth a little bit? And particularly when it comes to hunting this fall, right now you can't, you can't get shotgun loads. They, they don't exist. And yet I know there are lots of us who have lots of cases of shotgun shells for hunting in our basements. We don't need another case. Let's leave it on the market, and hopefully we can get through this really first time ever. Never occurred to us that we would have a situation like this. We simply do not have enough ammunition to meet the demand. So hoarding, hoarding has to end. And in the, in the spirit of all hunters and sportsmen and women, we're all in this together. We are all in this together. If you have enough ammunition already, please don't buy any more. It, it's, it's actually not helping anything for individuals to hoard. I've got just a moment left, and I want to talk very quickly about something we're going to talk a lot about. It's an absolutely fabulous initiative. And Jerry Edelman of Chicago Open Lands, if you are listening, take a bow. Senator Durbin, if you're listening, take a bow and many others. There's a chance that we once again could have a Civilian Conservation Corps initiative. And, and I will spend much more time talking about it in the coming weeks. This is, and all the money being thrown around, and as a friend of mine said the other day, the federal government's throwing around money like it's confetti. Um, and it is. There's no question about that. The idea of a civilian conservation corps has been something that, that a lot of us have advocated for, for, for 20 years, 25 years or more a rebirth of the Civilian Conservation Corps, a very successful past venue that, that's been out of business for a long time. It's a possibility again. There's work on it taking place uh, that, that gives us more to come. I hope to have Jerry Edelman on the show soon to talk about it. Um, it's big news. And so as you think, think there this weekend about Memorial Day weekend, sitting around the barbecue, whatever, think about the possibility of a Civilian Conservation Corps. It could be awesome. Thanks so much for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, WGN Radio 720.